Hallelujah. Welcome to everyone today. And if you're a guest this morning, whether it's your first time or a first couple of times, we are so happy to have you with us today. We thank you for being here. And uh, really what we like to say is welcome home. Amen. Praise God. If you're watching us online this morning, wherever you're watching from, God bless you. Pray that you are blessed by this service today as well. Amen. What a, Sister Kimbrell, what a great song as a lead in to the message this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Sister Sister. Kimbrell is one of those that God so graciously used as a part of my development. She used to have to put up with me in the early years of leading worship, and I think we did it in the youth class every Sunday morning for years. Appreciate her and her willingness to be a blessing and help out. Amen. And again, this is this is a family Sunday, so we're all together, and uh, so it's great to have our kids in here this morning. I don't I don't take this personally, but I'm pretty sure they would rather be in Sunday school, and that's a good thing. I'm okay with that, and we won't talk about what you parents may want, uh, <laughs> but I think it's a good thing. I know. I know many of you come to church in the evenings, and so we're in church together, but I I think it's an important thing for families to have time to be in service together. Amen. Praise God. And to all of our Roar Kids Ministry workers, we thank you and honor you today. And I know I say this, and I'm going to keep saying this, but they are they are not babysitters on Sunday morning. They are truly ministering to our children and helping to get them on a right foundation for their lives. And we appreciate you very much. The Welcome to Antioch, I don't think I said this, it starts at 9.15 and uh, we'll finish up around service time. Probably wouldn't be surprised if most weeks it overlaps a little bit, but that's okay. So, um, amen. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3. And i uh, be honest with you, I really, really tried my best to figure out some kind of object lesson this morning to use to try to engage the kids, and I just, I didn't quite do it, but hopefully just you'll give me a little credit. And also, those of you that weren't here Thursday night, I did not get into a fight with my dog. If you can see the marks on my face, I did have a... Lovely visit to the dermatologist Thursday, and it's fun when they freeze stuff off your face. That's just exciting. Amen. So, I don't want you sitting there all morning if you can see me going, what is wrong with him? So, whether it helps you or not, it makes me feel better just to get it done. Man, y'all are a tough group. (laughs) Ephesians 3. Verse number 14, Ephesians 3:14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This, this is not my message this morning, but the Bible says there's going to be a day. Now, I, I, I'll be honest with you, in the world we're in right now, it's kind of hard to believe, but it's what the Scripture says, and I believe the Scripture is true. And it says there will be a day when every knee, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But I am so thankful to be among a group amongst a group of people today that you are not waiting on the day that you are forced to do that, but you have already voluntarily by faith acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord. Of whom the whole family is in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you. This is, this is Paul's 
This is Paul's prayer. This is Paul's request. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding. Notice the him here is not talking about him. It's him about us. Now unto him, let me say it this way. Now unto those that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Excuse me, he is talking about him. It's the end of it that's talking about us. I'm sorry. Got a little excited there. Bear with me. I'm not trying to give you misinformation. Now unto him, God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Not that worketh in the preacher. Not that works in a certain group of people that works in us that have Him in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout ages, world without end. The Living Bible says, verse 17, this way, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in Him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should. As all God's children should. How long, how wide, how deep, and how high His love really is. And to experience this love for yourselves. Though it is so great that you will never see the end of it or fully know or understand it. And so at last you will be filled up with God Himself. Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence Thank you for your spirit that has already worked and moved in this place today. I ask God that now through your word you would continue to minister, that you would touch our hearts and our lives today. Let our hearts be good ground for the seed of your word, that it might produce in our lives what you desire. I trust you and depend on you today. I trust you for your anointing this morning, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. I, I want to read the Amplified Bible to you, and it has a tendency to be a little bit more wordy, and uh, I think we have that on the in our, in our Bible program, I think. So if they are able to put that up there, you can follow along. Otherwise, just listen as carefully as you can. Verse 17, May Christ, through your faith, through your faith, somebody say, through my faith, Faith is an absolutely necessary element. God is God. God is God. Was anybody here a few Thursday nights ago when we talked about it? Amen. God is God. But just because God is God doesn't mean that He's God in your life. The way that God, who is God, becomes God in your life is by faith. Faith is what activates God in your life. I may Christ through faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. The church building is not God's permanent dwelling place. The people are where God dwells. May ye be rooted, may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. 
that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. An experiential knowledge is far greater than a knowledge without experience. And God's desire is for every one of us to have an experiential knowledge. That you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God. May have, unto the full, unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. That is what is available to every individual in this place today for you to be fully flooded with God Himself. I want you to notice something, and it's not necessarily the primary point, but, but I want you to notice Paul says, I, I am praying. Go back to the, go back to the King James. He says that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and knowledge. So he's saying there, it's my prayer that you would have an understanding of what the size is. I am praying that you would get your own personal knowledge of how big, how great the love of God is. But then in verse 19, basically what he's saying is, what I'm praying is not going to happen. Meaning, there is no way for you and I to ever fully comprehend the love of Christ. Because it is so great. Because it is so awesome. So he's, he's saying, I want you to learn more and more about the breadth, the width, the height. But I also want you to know that no matter how much you learn of it, you still haven't learned all there is about it. We can measure this room. We can, we can measure the height of this ceiling. We can get an exact precise measurement. We can get the breadth and the width and the depth of this, of this building, but we cannot get that of the love of Christ. I, I, I want, I really, I guess the focus that I want to draw your attention to is a couple of points here. Number one, the word comprehend and the amplified kind of communicates this. The amplified says it this way, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp. To us today, the word comprehend basically implies understanding what we know. And there's a couple of places in Scripture where the word, in the King James at least, where you will find the word comprehend used, and that's really not the context of it. And so here that word comprehend as, as the amplified makes known, it means this in the Greek, it means to lay hold of so as to make one's own, to obtain. It means to seize upon, to take possession of in a good sense. It is to lay hold of with the mind, to understand, to perceive. So understanding and perception is a part of it. But there is also an active part of this word comprehend that is you and I taking hold of. As many of you have heard now over the last several weeks since we have presented the grow theme and all the stuff that we're doing, when it comes to our spiritual growth, we must be an active participant in that. You do not grow spiritually by default. The only way you grow spiritually is by trying to lay hold of what God has made available for you. If you do not individually actively pursue laying hold of what is available, you will not grow. 
But Paul is saying, I am praying that you would be able to comprehend with all saints, with everyone else, the, the enormity of the love of Christ and, 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 and that you would know it again, not just by an informational perspective, but an experiential perspective. That you will, you will have your own personal experience. Some of you know me, know who I am, know a lot about me, but if those of you that may not, let me just give you a, a, a quick, quick summary. My, my parents started this church in 1970. I was born and raised in this church. I, I've grown up in, as an apostolic. That's all I've known, and, and, and that's, what I've, that's what I've been a part of all my life. But I am not here today. I do not do what I do because that's what my parents did, and that was what's expected of me. The reason I am here is because somewhere along the way, I started getting my own experiences. That's why, unfortunately, some people that do grow up in church don't stay in church because they spend most of their time living off of their parents' experience. And that is where you can start your faith. But at some point, you don't stay based on your parents' experience. You stay based on your experience. The Bible says the children of Israel, one generation, one generation after they walked through the Red Sea, that the next generation didn't know God. That means there are people that had parents and grandparents that walked through the Red Sea. One of the most miraculous things in all of the Bible. An entire nation of people walked through a Red Sea that God had parted. So it wasn't just what they had heard through history. It, it wasn't what they had just read in a history book. Some of them were able to hear the stories told them personally, firsthand. And yet they arose and did not know God because God's blessings and experiences that He gives others is only to build your faith so that you get your own experience. And in essence, that's what Paul is saying. I want you to get a hold of this for yourself. I, I want you to be able to know what is available to you. Notice what he says in verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And then he, he uses two different analogies here. That you would be Rooted and grounded. I want you to be rooted and grounded. Maybe there is an object lesson here this morning. Rooted is the context of a, of a plant, of a tree. I want, I want your roots to go down. I, I want your roots to dig down into the, into the soil. I want you to be rooted because if you do not have the proper roots, you will not survive. If the roots do not go deep enough, you cannot make it through a storm. Anybody ever seen, especially after we've had a period of significant rain and then we get some serious wind and, and you see trees that fall, large trees that fall over. But once they fall over, you basically can see the entire root system. And they hadn't gone down deep enough into soil that no matter if there was a little bit of rain for a couple of days, when the wind blew, they were rooted enough into the soil that they withstood the storm. Then he said, I, I want you to be grounded. I, I want you to have a foundation. You need to have a foundation. It was talked about Thursday night. Those of you that will participate in the, in the, uh, in the welcome to Antioch, you'll hear this some more and, and in a more focused way. But the foundation of, of any structure is extremely important. The only way that a, that a building is going to last is to have a, proper foundation there are no shows on HGTV about how to decorate a foundation 
ultimately the foundation gets hidden. It's the rest of the structure that we focus on. It's, it's the rest of the structure that we decorate, we paint, we make look nice. But all of the decor without a proper foundation really doesn't matter. And so Paul is saying, I, I am, I want you to be rooted and grounded. Listen to what Jesus said with regards to our roots and, and the importance of them in Matthew 13 and verse 6. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. Here's why they were scorched. It wasn't because of the external things that you see. They were scorched because they had no root and they withered away in Luke 6 and 47 Jesus says this whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them I will show you to whom he is like he is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded Upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Immediately it fell. There's, there's, There's a parable Jesus talks about the parable, similar practice is probably a, just a different telling of that same parable. But a wise man and a foolish man, the wise man built on the rock and the foolish man built on the sand. It, it, it doesn't necessarily say this absolutely clearly, but the implication is that the two structures were built the same. That the houses looked the same. Same, same design, same material, maybe even, maybe even the exact same layout. But, when the storm came, what was really important about those two houses was revealed. It wasn't until the storm came, that it was recognized they're not equal. And the determining factor was the same thing. What is the foundation? That's why there's a lot of people that start off as believers or start off in a relationship with God and, and, and on the surface they look like all other believers. But if you do not hear His words and apply His words to your life, mark it down. There is storms that will come in the life of every believer. Because it is God's desire. Brother Bill Benner, who has been involved for, I think, a couple of decades now in the finances of this church, he was... Initially, even before he got in church, I think, or around the time he was getting in, started being a part of uh, of, of the church loan processes, and and he's been involved in that, and and now for, uh, well, every sing, every dwelling that I have personally purchased, every house or whatever, he's he's been the the, the banker for that and the mortgage guy, and so he. He is by 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 trade. That's what he does. But but he also wears a spiritual hat. That sometimes I get a little irritated over. Because you know it's not always easy for the banker to be preaching to you. <laughs> we've been we've been dealing on a personal level with some challenges over the last couple of months and. He has so graciously told me multiple times now. Well, God's going to give you your own. He said, I've been through this kind of stuff before with your dad. But God's going to give you your own. Last night at the, at the, this anniversary celebration, that was, that was kind of a part of the message that brother Nathaniel Haney preached. 
And you know what? You might as well, every individual, if you're gonna, if you are going to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you are going to pursue becoming everything that God wants you to be, you are going to encounter your own storms. Because your faith will not last forever based on what God has done for somebody else. Your faith is going to last because you get your own personal testimonies. The Bible says in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. My favorite verse in all of the Bible really is because it summarizes that very point. When Job said at the end of all of his trial and God had restored everything, Job says this in Job 42 and verse 5, he said, I heard about you. I heard about you with my ears. But now I have seen you with my own eyes. That's basically a a part of what Paul was praying. I want you to be able to get rooted and grounded because you have your own personal experience. The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so faith must start from hearing. That's the starting point. But it is not God's destination for you to live off of faith simply by hearing. It is God's desire for you to ultimately live off of faith that comes by seeing. It's one thing to believe God is a healer because somebody else told you He healed them. It's one thing to believe God will provide because somebody else told you He provided for them. It's one thing for somebody else, it's one thing to believe God answers prayer because somebody else told you about the prayer He answered for them. That's one thing. And there's an important part of that that we all need. But there's a whole nother level when I can say, I prayed and God answered. When I can say, I was sick and God touched my body. When I can say, I had a financial need and God provided for me that takes my faith to a whole nother level that is what is going to cause me to be rooted and grounded in him preaching to some people this morning some of you I know firsthand some of what you're going through and others of you I'm pretty sure there's more people in this room that I don't know all that you're going through but you're going through some stuff right now in your life and the apostle Paul's prayer applies to us today I want you to be rooted and grounded and notice Oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I hope I can some way get this out in, in just some form or fashion that does it justice. But notice what that foundation is. Notice what the soil that Paul is praying you would be rooted and grounded in. It is the love of God. I pray that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. That you would be rooted and grounded in love. Why why is that so important? Why is that so significant? Because what we are rooted in and what our foundation is on influences our perspective. You know what, I, I came this morning and I came with every intent. I was going to preach fast and quick and get to the point and get done so that none of your children would get restless and it's not working. <laughs> I remember what it was like to have four kids that were all young. Of course, for me, I remember what it was like to have four kids who were all young and watch my wife as I sat on the platform trying to deal with those four kids. <laughs> What you are rooted and grounded in determines your perspective. And the bottom line is this, perspective is way more of a significant thing in our lives than we give it credit. Because ultimately, if you and I can be rooted and grounded in God's love, and that's what determines our perspective... 
you're going to make it through whatever you go through. Passage of Scripture that I think every believer should know, whether you can quote it by heart, but you ought to know the gist of it and you ought to reread it every now and then. And that's the 73rd Psalm. David says, I got to looking at the prosperity of the... I got a question. Anybody, somebody be honest and help me out this morning. Anybody ever feel like you look around and everybody else's life is good and going great and they don't seem to have any problems, but yours seems to have all kind of chaos and trouble and difficulty? Let, let me make it a little more plain. Anybody ever look at people that, from what you know, they've got no faith in God, they've got no relationship with God, they, they don't pray, they're not trying to serve God, and their life looks great, they got nice cars, nice houses, things are going good, and, and you're like, look what I, I'm trying, hey God, you notice what I'm trying to do here, don't you? And my kids are sick. My finances are tight. My job situation's not good. I got sickness in my body. And what's the point? And David said, I, I got to looking at that. I got to looking at the prosperity of the wicked. He said, it got to be too much for me. And he said, my steps, my steps had almost slipped. I almost fell. Until, until, until what? Until God changed all of those problems? Until God fixed everything? No. He says, until I got into the sanctuary. I got into the presence of God. What happened when he got in the presence of God? This is what he says happened. I understood their end. I understood the ultimate outcome of their lives. No circumstances changed. Not one problem went away. Not one of the things that was causing the struggle left. The only thing that changed was how he was looking at those things. And when he changed his perspective, he got his footing back. And he didn't slip and he didn't fall because he knew that God has got all of it in control. And I'm going to walk through. He, David said this, yea, though I walk through. You know, we live in this modern age of air travel. This is how, this is how we really want the 23rd Psalm to read. Yea, though I fly over. We want to fly over the valley and look, boy, there's some bad stuff down there. There's some horrible stuff going on down there. That's not what he said. He said, yea, though I walk through. That's why you can't judge whether or not you're in the will of God just by your circumstances. Because <laughs> sometimes God says... Come with me, and we're going to go through. We're going to go through some difficulties. We're going to go through some heartache. We're going to go through some pain. But key word is through, because the Lord is my shepherd, and I'm not going to want. And he's going to take me through it, and he's not going to leave me in it. He's not going to abandon or forsake me. And the reason that's the case is because I am rooted and I am grounded in His love. If you're not rooted and grounded today, I promise you there's a storm coming that's going to be one that you can't handle. If you, don't, if you haven't made up your mind yet whether or not you really want to give your life to Jesus Christ and serve Him and follow Him, let, let me give you a sales pitch right now, okay? I'm going to help you make the decision. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's how, I'm going to show you how great of a salesman I am. It's not going to go the way you want it to. Ready to sign up now? Flood the altar. Give your life to Jesus. In fact, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you even a little more secret than that. 
when you first give your life to Jesus, when you first get filled with his spirit, when you first get baptized in his name, usually what happens is you think life is the most awesome thing ever. You think you have just hit the lottery, man. I hit, I got the, you, some people, they do, they run, they go to work the next day, get the Holy Ghost Sunday, go to work on Monday and tell, I got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy what? I got the, I got baptized. I spoke in tongues. You did what? Spoke in what? You came to church in a, in a jalopy and you left in a jalopy. You came to church left a leaking roof when you came to church went home to a leaking roof but it didn't matter i got the holy ghost man i got the greatest thing ever and you did you did and i think god's sitting up on his throne with a little smirk on his face yep i got the hook you took the bait and now i set the hook I'm going to give you a little bit of time to enjoy the worm. But then we're going to work. And we're going to start changing some things. Because this is not an original statement, but it's a fitting one. God loves us the way we are. But he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And if you're not willing to go through the process of God trying to transform you, it's not going to be fun. If you're willing to go through the process of God transforming you, it's not going to be fun. But at least when you go through the process and allow God to do what he wants to do in your life, you can look back and say, wow, look what the Lord has done. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Colossians 2 and verse number 6, Paul also says this, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The Amplified says it this way, As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives and conduct yourselves. Mm. The devil did not make you do it. The devil cannot make you do it. The reason I know that is because God doesn't make you do it. If God can't make you do something, there's no way the devil's greater than him. He says that you regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with a, com- with a conformity to him. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Lastly, the living Bible, and now just as you trusted Christ to save you, just as you trusted. How many of you have been baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost? How many, anybody here this morning that, that that happened like the first service you were ever in? Anybody? A couple of you. Uh, Brother, Sister Evans, so the first service you were ever in, you guys, you, you, 40 years ago, I was going to ask you how old you were then, but now I won't ask you because... That'll give away the age, and Sister Evans might not want to do that. I'm worried about him. <laughs> you were adults. What were you raised, if you mind me asking? Episcopalian. So this apostolic thing was all different, all new. That was back before the day you could see it all on the Internet and get an idea of it. And you came in in your first service. You got the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues at first at first service. That that's that's some serious faith. Somebody here, I, I'm I, you got you got to hear me. I'm 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 
hopefully not me, hopefully the Holy Ghost is trying to talk to everybody here today. Listen, listen, first service, a couple others of you raising your first service. You weren't raised apostolic. You didn't know anything about this or or didn't know a lot about it. Come in the first service. God fills you with the Holy Ghost. It it took some serious faith for somebody to tell you, now you need to repent of your sins and then we're going to pray for you. And, and, and you just need, after you repent, we want you to just start worshiping the Lord and, you know, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, and in just a few moments, something's going to take over, not going to take over, but if you, you, if you'll, if you'll yield to it, if you'll let it happen, you're going to all of a sudden start speaking in a language you've never been taught. Now I, I got, again, I was born and raised in this. I got a grandma, 90 year old grandmother sitting here that she, when she was 14, 12, 14 years old, got the Holy Ghost. This is all I've known. This is all I've known. And I'm going to be straight up honest with you. This speaking in tongues thing still doesn't make sense to my natural mind. Sometimes I'm sitting there praying, speaking in tongues, and I'm like, really? Come on now. I'm just being honest with you. I know all of you don't do that, but I'm just I'm being honest with you. I may disappoint a few of you with that, but I think I'll help somebody else with that. Because you do the same thing and you feel bad. I, I, my degrees, I don't, I don't even have a degree in theology. My degree's in business. I went to university. I, I don't, I'm like sort of listening to myself. I know, and that sounds weird. You're listening to, yeah. And somebody told you that. And you believed it. And you repented. And you, and, and all of a sudden you started speaking in these words nobody ever taught you. And you don't even know what they, still don't know what they mean. That, that is some amazing, listen, so listen to what he says. Now as you trusted Christ to save you in the beginning, and I'm adding that, in the beginning, trust him too for each day's problems. You can believe the first time to do that and now you've been living and walking with God for years and you don't have the faith to believe he can Come on now. He can he can't take care of your finances, but he can cause you to say syllables you have no idea what they are and you believe they really do mean something even if you don't know. But you can't trust him to get you through what you're going through right now. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, it takes, it takes less faith to get through what you're going through right now than it did the first time to do what you did speaking in tongues. Live in vital union with Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and draw up nourishment from Him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. Let your roots grow down in him and draw up nourishment from him. That's why when the, when the sun came out and dried up that, it wasn't the branches, it wasn't the leaves that were the issue. There was not roots that had gone down deep enough to be able to provide what was needed for that tree to get through the heat. I'll be preaching to some people this morning. There's, there's a hot sun in your life right now. You're dealing with some stuff. But if you'll let God help you to take the roots down deeper and deeper and get that foundation more sure and more established. It doesn't matter how hot the sun gets and it doesn't matter what kind of storm ends up coming and how strong those winds are. I read it to you a couple of weeks ago, but the psalmist, he talked about being like a palm tree and being like the cedars of Lebanon and, and one of those things about that palm tree, I hope I don't break this, but one of those things about that palm tree, I only go so far. I'm not going to prove my point. I get in trouble, but that palm tree can bend. It can bend under the force of that wind to the point that its branches can literally go over and touch the ground. And while the wind's blowing, it's bent over. Which is kind of, you know, you could use that symbolically because a great place to be when the wind's blowing in your life is bent over. 
bent over at the feet of Jesus. God, I can't take what's going on. I can't get through this by myself. This hurts, God. This is painful. I never thought I'd have to go through this. I never thought I'd experience this. I, I never thought I'd go through this dark of a night. I never thought I'd go through this severe of a storm. But God, I know you didn't get you. I'm not here by accident. And I know God, before I ever got here, you knew what I was going to go through. So I may be bending. I may bend all the way over, but I'm not going to break because I've got some roots that have gone down and I've got a foundation that I've been built on and when the storm passes I'm going to be right where I was when the storm came I'm not going anywhere I'm not going to be broken I'm not going to be defeated because I have been rooted and grounded in your love this was Paul's prayer and I don't think it was just Paul's, you know, God, it'd be nice, or it wasn't just him saying to them, it'd be nice if this happened. He was, he was saying, I believe with passion, with a burden, I am, I am praying that you would comprehend, that you would lay hold of, that you would take hold of and get an understanding of the love of God, the breadth, the depth, the, the, the width. You see, here's the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to quit. I really am. Here's the problem. When your roots have not gone down deep enough and the foundation is not strong enough in the love of God, one of the first things the enemy always says to us when trouble is going on, if God really loved you, if God really loved you, how could He let this happen? If God really, truly loved you, why would He allow you to go through this and when you've got no roots and you've got no foundation you do like that tree that had no roots and you quickly wither but when you've got roots that have gone down into the soil of his love and when you have built upon the foundation of his love oh the devil still comes and in our weakness and in our frailty, oftentimes we give him a little bit of space with that argument. And sometimes we'll even start down that road a little bit. You know, you are right. If God is so good and if God loves me so much. But when you've got the roots and the foundation, not too long into that, all of a sudden something clicks in. Just hold on a minute. My circumstances don't determine if God loves me or if God doesn't love me. The things that I'm going through are not the indicator that God does or does not love me. God loves me and I know that because I put roots down into the soil of His love and I put a foundation on His love and when I not only do those roots hold me down and keep me standing but they also provide the nourishment and the nutrients that I need to be able to withstand the heat of the done and to be able to withstand the strength of the wind I believe there's people in this place today that the same thing applies oh that you would be able to comprehend what is the breadth what is the depth what is the height of the love of God and the cool thing is you can't you can't. You can only learn more and more about it, but you can never fully comprehend it. I don't know about you, but I kind of have some experience with that to use because there's a bunch of tests I passed in college. I didn't fully understand it. The last college exam I ever took to complete my bachelor's I walked out of that class with the feeling, ah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to need my graduation gown in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Thankfully, somehow I passed. I don't fully comprehend it. But in this context, that's not a negative thing. In this context... What Paul was saying is, the breadth is so big, the height is so high, 
the depth is so deep that no matter how far you go in exploring any of those directions, you can never reach the end of it. The psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, he said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. You're there. Would you close your eyes, please? Bow your heads, if you would, for a moment. Oh, Jesus, Jesus' name. I, I, I didn't necessarily purposefully try to just find something to preach that that does tie in with the theme that's on the screen but obviously it does and and I don't think really that's a coincidence because I think more than any individual's desire God's desire is for us to grow in him God more than we want wants us to have roots that go down deep to have a foundation that is secure built upon His love. I'd like to give I'd like to give a, a broad altar call this morning. Most of the time my perspective it's a little more narrow but this morning I I just want to give an appeal to anyone and everyone that you have a desire today. No matter if you already are to whatever degree rooted and grounded, but you're not satisfied with that and you've got a desire to continue to be rooted and grounded in God, in His love. I invite you right now just as a step of faith and as a sign of your hunger and desire to, to just get out of your seat and come down to this front to this altar area if you feel to kneel to do that fine if you just want to stand and and do that but if you're here today and there's any desire that again no matter how much you already are rooted and grounded you're not satisfied with it and you acknowledge I can never fully comprehend it but I sure do want to explore I sure do want to investigate how big how great how awesome the love of God is I want my roots to go deep I want my roots to go deep in the love of Christ I want my foundation to be firmly established on the love of Christ I know I've given appeal basically to everyone and anyone, but I'm also would like to ask some of you to be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord right now. And there's some that have come that need somebody to pray with them and minister to them. And so would you be mindful of that as well? I want to be rooted and grounded. I'm not satisfied, God. I, I think I've already got some roots down. I think I've already got a foundation. But I don't, I don't want to take that for granted and I don't want to be content with the level it's at. I want it to go deeper. I want my roots to go deep enough that if I have to go through a drought, if I, if I gotta go through those hard days of hot summer sun, my leaves aren't going to just wither up because I've got no roots but I want to have the root system that is able to sustain me through those dry places I, I want to have the foundation that's able to sustain me no matter how intense the storm may be when it's all said and done I'll still be standing in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Whatever you're dealing with today, your foundation is the love of Christ. Whatever turmoil you're going through today, you're rooted and you're grounded in the love of Christ. Whatever challenges you may be facing today, the soil, the foundation, it's the love of Christ. You can comprehend it. You can lay hold of it today.
It's available for you to lay hold of. It's available for you to take possession of today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you today. Thank you today that your love is so big, it's so great that I can never fully comprehend it. I can never fully grasp it, but I I thank you that I've been given the invitation to explore it. I've been given the invitation to search it out. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, let our roots go even deeper today. Let our roots go even deeper today. Let our foundation be made even more secure today. God, I pray for anyone today that maybe maybe they're on a crumbling foundation right now. Maybe they're on a foundation that's crumbling right now. God, I believe your spirit, your power is able to come in and reinforce our foundation so that we're able to withstand. We're able to withstand whatever comes our way, God. Rooted and grounded. Rooted and grounded. We're not going to be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. We're not going to be tossed about with every emotion that comes and goes. We're, we're up one day believing. We're down the next day doubting. But we have a foundation and we've got a root system to sustain. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Paul prayed it, but it's God's desire. It's God's desire that you and I would know experientially. God wants you and I to know His love experientially. God wants you and I to know His grace experientially. Not simply by head knowledge, not simply informational, but an experience personal personal experience in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh God help us to be rooted and grounded I I pray for every individual in this place whatever level their relationship with you is at right now that you would cause them to be even more rooted and grounded in you In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I know there are those that are still praying, but if you need to go or want to go, you're welcome to do that. Thank you for being here. Please be mindful of those that are still praying. Allow them to receive all that it is that God wants to give them today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. By the power of your Spirit, God. By the power of your Spirit, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. What more could he Oh, how he loves me. My circumstances are not the indicator of his love. If everything's going good right now, that's not just because he loves me more today than he did yesterday if if my problems are minimal 
right now. It's not because God's loving me more right now. If if things are going wrong right now, if there's all kind of chaos and trouble, it's not it's not because God's angry. It's not because God's punishing me. I've got a foundation. I've got roots that go into a soil that is going to sustain me. He's going to keep me. He's going to provide for me. I'm going to find out more and more the breadth, the height, the depth of the love of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.